Welcome to another episode of the X-Experts Divorce Etc. podcast, where we give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Why? We've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. And keep in mind, you can get X-Experts in your inbox by signing up for our newsletter, get the latest news and find out all about our events before anyone else, plus access special discounts and prices. Head to xexperts.com to subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the X-Experts podcast, where we give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. And you know why? We've lived it, so we get it. I'm Jessica. And I'm TH. And we're so excited to have back with us yet again today, Gabriella Formosa, a divorce lawyer and mediator at Greenblatt Law right here in New York City. And today we're going to be talking all about everything assets. Welcome back, Gabriella. Hi, thanks for having me again. Um, so as usual, I just want to say that anything that we talk about here is just for conversational purposes. It's not to constitute legal advice. And I know y'all have people listening all over the country. So, um, you know, advice is different um, in all different states. So take yeah. this as a conversation. And if you have any questions and want actual legal advice, you can contact myself or another attorney. And we'll give you guys all that information at the end. And it's also posted on the X Experts website. So you can always find it even after the fact. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. So Gabriella, why don't we start with what exactly is an asset? So an asset is really simply anything with value. A lot of the times I ask my clients, what are your assets? And they say, I don't have any. But if you have $5 in the bank, you have an asset. If you have a car, you have an asset. If you have a candlestick or a pot, that is an asset. So you do have assets. Um, mostly everyone does. And so um, that's just something to know going into a divorce. Um, if you have things, you're going to have to figure out a way to divide them. And just to really like take it down to an even lower level, it's a thing, it's not a person. An asset is not a person, it's a thing that you own that you purchased, right? Correct, an asset And it's not a pet either. Actually, that's not correct. A pet is considered an asset under the law. It's wow. considered a piece of property. It is not a child, you know, you know, you can be feel like you're a dog mom at heart. The law doesn't see it that way. And so that's actually maybe a story or topic for another podcast, but the way that the law deals with how to handle an animal in a divorce is actually really interesting. Wow, um, interesting. that's surprising. We're going to have to have an interview about that <laughs> at some point. I want to just ask you about, I think, one of the first things that I know for myself and a lot of other people think of uh, with regards to an asset, the ring. What happens to the ring? Is that a gift? Is that an asset? Does it matter where you live in a different state? What happens to it? So I can't speak to other states, but in New York, your engagement ring is your property if you go through with the marriage. So presumably, um, you you know, someone proposed to you, you said yes, you got married. Um, that ring has is a premarital gift to you. So you are entitled to a hundred percent of it in the divorce. You can keep it. Um, what if you? get an upgraded ring while you're married. <laughs> so that's actually a really good question. 
gifts that are given to your spouse in like intraspousal gifts, we call them. So really just if your husband buys you something during the marriage, technically that's a marital asset. Um, and, you know, we can like there are fine tuned points here. If it was purchased with separate property, then, you know, it gets a little more complicated. But um, if you get an upgraded ring, then yeah, that's going to be a marital asset. And so that gets a little bit more confusing on how to divide. But presuming you were given the gift prior to the marriage or given the ring prior to the marriage, that's yours to keep. So tell us a little bit about the difference of like gifts versus assets and, and how someone you know, can kind of determine for themselves and, and get a you know, preliminary idea of how it's going to work out. Well, I think it's, it's really interesting because a lot of the time people think, oh, that was a gift to me. You know, my wife bought me this car at, during the marriage and that was a gift to me. And, you know, there was a note that said, here is a gift to you. But mm -hmm. the law doesn't see it that way when it comes to a gift from your spouse to you. Um, the law sees it as that's just marital. And um, a lot of people don't know that when they get divorced. And so that's kind of a rude awakening for them if they, you know, say all of their, you know, Chanel handbags or all of their diamond jewelry is a gift to them and they should be able to walk away. That's not always going to be the case. Well, when you wake up in the morning and the car is gone, you'll know that it's a marital <laughs> asset <laughs> and it's his turn. <laughs> but wait a minute, that's such an interesting thing that you say, Gabriella, because look, I mean, I certainly know people who just based on their own, you know, personal financial situations. And when I say personal, I mean, could be personal beforehand or even, you know, during the marriage and like, they do own thousands of dollars worth of shoes and handbags and, um, things that they just bought themselves while they were married. Like, are you saying that you've seen divorces where there are battlegrounds drawn over things like bags and designer items? I've never seen a bag fight. Um, I'm in, working on a divorce now where we're having a guitar fight. The husband is a collector of guitars and purchased um, many during the marriage and feels that they're his collection. And uh, the wife wants to put them all on eBay and sell them. And so, you know, a lot of it is really just needling him because she knows that those are important possessions to him. So we'll see how it turns out. But most divorces, people don't necessarily fight over personal property, um, usually unless it's, you know, antiques or um, really, really extravagant pieces of jewelry. Um, usually people can, can work it out. Um, and, you know, the law might say it's marital, but, you know, what is someone going to sell a handbag on eBay? It's not worth the legal fees, so. <laughs> I feel like we have to bring it back again to what we've talked about in the past, that divorce is a business. So you have to look at it as a business. You can't be emotionally tied to so many things. And if he wants to keep the guitars, then you keep your handbag. And, and you know, you got to kind of play it fair on both sides so that you don't get into the nitty gritty because <clears throat> I've heard of experiences <laughs> where you are basically fighting over something like a candlestick. Just to your point, to needle the person. You could, you're gonna take that candlestick and you're gonna chuck it in the garbage the minute you walk out with it. Or you're gonna go and, and take all the stuff 
and leave it in a storage facility and throw away the key. So are you saying teach that people should be using certain items as leverage? I think that people, I'm not giving that advice necessarily. <laughs> I'm not a qualified <laughs> legal um, you know, professional, but I'm just saying in my experience, I've heard that people do in order to keep the peace. Yeah, you know, what's definitely. really important to you? What's really important to him? And then, okay, so can we just take that stuff off the table? And now let's focus on, you know, the bigger stuff, the bigger picture. Right. And, you know, we were talking about rings. When it comes down to rings, a lot of people don't like to admit this to themselves. But the fact of the matter is, once you buy a diamond, it's worth half of what it was purchased for. So I have a client now, she has a $30,000 ring. She just looked around, talked to people to see what she could sell it for. And the highest she got was 10,000. So that's a third of what was paid for it. So you really have to think, use your common sense. Is it worth fighting over this? What's the value? Is it, you know, there's a dollar value and then there's an emotional value. And then there's the value of the legal fees you're paying to fight over it. And you need to really right. think about all of those three things before you start going to the mattresses about, you know, your jewelry or your guitar. Well, and if you keep the ring and if the ring is of any, you know, real value in terms of money, you can put it away and maybe you need that $10,000 further down the road as, you know, just put it away somewhere. You're not going to wear it. Just put it in a safe space. And if you should get into a place where you need that money, then sell the ring. You know, it's, yeah. it's just kind of like a safety net. If, right. You know, if it's worth it. It's an asset. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's an asset. Okay. So, so what are some surprising things people might um, not know about when it comes to assets. If you're enjoying our Divorce Etc. podcast, be sure and subscribe to our newsletter to get ex-experts in your inbox. It's free and includes tips from real life experts who've been through it, telling you what they wish they knew. You'll also hear about our upcoming episodes and Q and A's with our experts. Plus you'll find out about our upcoming events before anyone else and get access to discounts and preferred pricing. You can sign up at www.exexperts.com. We're taking a quick break here to talk about our partner, Athletic Greens, which has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to see what all the hype was about, and I love it. You know I'm into health and wellness and love to use all of my essential oils and stuff, and one scoop of AG1 is 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. It's for gut health, immunity, energy, focus, aging, all the things. I mix it in water or a smoothie before or after the gym, and it works for everyone. If you're keto, gluten-free, vegan, paleo, and dairy-free. And every time you buy, they donate to organizations that help get nutritious food to kids in need, like No Kid Hungry. This is a simple way to take care of your health with just one scoop and a cup of water a day. That's it. Plus, to make it easy, you'll get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com emerging and take control of your health starting now. So in New York, one of the most surprising things is I find um, the fact that just because an account or a piece of property is in your name, alone does not mean that that is your money. 
if you earned it during the marriage and you put it into an account in your name, your spouse is, they have a claim to that. And that can be really frustrating if you and your spouse have decided to keep accounts separate and you're a saver and your spouse is a spender and you've been under the impression that you two have been living financially separate lives, but the law says that you haven't. And that can be a real rude awakening for some people. So for situations like that, and I guess you really learn that more as you go in your marriage, but I mean... I, this is, this is just the case to me. Like I, I know people that have prenups and generally those prenups are based off of what one or both of the, the partners had as they came into the marriage to kind of protect what was theirs prior. But it, I'm, I'm wondering if there's a way, like, can you write a prenup to say during the marriage, what's mine is mine and what's yours is yours. And, and only what we put into this joint account is going to be considered joint assets? Of course. And that's really one of the most common things that we do see in a prenup is anything in my name is mine. Anything in your name is yours. Um, And, you know, that can be, you know, that has its advantages and disadvantages. I usually consider something like that a pretty stringent prenup. Um, and depending on who I represent, I either advocate for or against that language. Um, if it's a young couple, um, who's just starting out, I'm a little wary of it because they don't know where life's going to take them, especially, and unfortunately with female clients, they're usually the ones who leave the workforce or whose job takes a hit if they have a child. And so if you enter into a prenup like that, you run the risk of perhaps leaving the marriage with absolutely nothing if you make the decision to stay home and raise children. So that's something that I, you know, caution people against because it is so stringent. But then again, if you're marrying someone who, you know, you know, might have a gambling problem or um, is plays fast and loose with the stock market and with their money, then, you know, you might want to consider something like that, even if you are the earning them, because you might want to protect yourself. So it's really, you know, situation specific, but it's definitely something that you can do and ask your lawyer to draft in a prenup. Do prenups really work? They really work. Um, in New York, they, it is almost impossible to overturn a prenup, provided that, you know, the acknowledgements are correct and it's signed and notarized. Um, you know, clients often ask me, does this need to be signed 30 days, 60 days before the wedding to be valid? No, you can sign that on the courthouse steps. You don't need a lawyer as long as it's signed and notarized. Um, it will be valid. So um, that's why I always suggest having legal counsel <laughs> when you sign a prenup because that's, that's going to come back to bite you if you're not fully comfortable with what you've signed. So what are some um, of the most important pieces do you think that people need to know when it comes to their assets? I mean, I think it's really interesting that you're sharing with everyone, like if you own anything, that's an asset. So whether it's, you know, a candlestick or a couch or whatever that the case may be. Um, but what would you say are some of like the most important pe- things that people do need to know or think about that they might not otherwise be thinking about when it comes to assets? So one thing that that I think people should think about and that surprises some people too is that 
you can have assets that start out separate and then you can take actions that turn them marital. So for example, the law says that any money that you inherit is your separate property. Your spouse doesn't have a claim to it. Um, and that, you know, makes sense in our minds, I think. But if you, you know, your parent, God forbid, passes away and we gives you a chunk of money and you deposit that into an account that you share with your spouse, um, then, you know, that protection that you had, that separate property protection, that goes out the window. You wow. now need that marital. And that can also apply even if you put it into an account that's in your own name, but then you start putting marital funds into that account, mixing up all that separate and marital money together. We call that commingling funds. Um, you can change the character of that property from separate to marital. So what, what if you have money that like, if you owned your own property before you ever met, so that's clear, then you sell that property and you buy a property together and your contribution is like the funds from the sale of your first property. That might be yeah, good question. No, that happens. That happens a lot. Um, you know, someone will own a property, you move in, you get married, and then you decide to sell that and start a life together. And so in that case, you have kind of this hybrid property because you have purchased a marital asset because you're buying it during the marriage um, in both of your names, but you've used separate property to do that. So when it comes time to get divorced, you may be entitled to what we call a separate property credit, which really just means you could get back that money. Um, but I used to have a boss that said, it's not so easy as taking a ticket that says separate property credit and handing it to the court. You have to be able to trace that money. So you right. have to be able to provide all of the documentation from the minute you bought that first house, when you sold it, what check you used, what check you used for the down payment on the second house. I mean, it's your responsibility to trace that. So if that's something that people are thinking of doing, um, having that paper trail is, is really important. That was a conversation personally that I had with Elisa, like when we were first starting, because that was totally my situation. Like I owned my apartment, sold it, bought a new apartment together. And now I'm like, I just want what I had from the old one. Right, so, right. So, and it, yeah. that, you know, that gets tricky because a lot of the times you have situations where, you know, you know, you put in that money, your spouse knows that you put in that money, but you don't have the documents to prove it. And so you could, you know, if they want to be vindictive, you're not getting that credit back. So mm -hmm. just to everybody listening, you guys, like this is, I keep moving because the, the sun is in my eyes, but I just want to say to everybody listening, and I'm, I'm sure you guys would agree, like, this is why you just have to do your best with keeping track of your paperwork and things. You know, I mean, there are, I'm sure, some things that have a statute of limitations, and maybe if it's X amount of years later, it may change state to state or, or under the law. But, you know, you, you do have to take responsibility for yourself to be able to have that paperwork, save your documents, put it in a Dropbox somewhere on your computer, you know, save it somehow, have a file. Because at the end of the day, that would, could be what Gabrielle is saying. is like, that could be the difference of whether or not you're getting back the money from your prior asset or not. 
It's so important. And I actually recently bought a home with my husband and I, he did all of the legwork and did all of the paperwork. And I realized I had nothing. I'm thinking to myself, like, this is the opposite of what I would advise my client to do. And so I got it together, Jessica, and did exactly what you said. You know, at the end, I scanned all the documents, made a Dropbox folder, sent it to both of us um, and have a safe place for all those documents. So it's not easy, but it's important. Totally. Um, Well, I feel like as always, there's a million more questions. There's so much more to talk about. And you've given us some ideas for, I think, some other really important conversations that we need to have moving forward to be able to help everyone listening. So for people out there, I know you gave the the disclaimer at the top that you're not, this is not legal advice per se, but for anybody out there who's interested in getting in touch with you and actually asking for legal advice, what's the best way to find you? So you can reach out on our website, which is greenblattlawllc.com. And that's Greenblatt with two T's. And all of our contact information is on that website. So um, you can reach out there. My email address is gabriella at greenblattlawllc.com. And um, you can find it on the website as well. Okay. And we have all that information on our site attached to the podcast. So you can just click through for that. This is as always so much great information and thank you so much for coming to share it with our ex experts community. For anybody out there listening, if you know anyone else that you think that this could help, please share it. Um, Sharing is caring, but also we really want to get this information out to as many people as possible because it is so important and, um, and everyone really needs to know about it. So be sure also to click to subscribe to the X Experts podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please follow us on social media. We're at X Experts on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Gabriella. Thanks for having me. For everyone out there listening, if you know anyone at all who would benefit from what we've talked about today, please share this episode and everything X Experts. Be sure and click to subscribe, rate, and review our Divorce Etc. podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please follow us on social media, at xexperts, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. You can also find so much more, including articles and even the podcast transcripts on our website at www.exexperts.com. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter now. When you get X-Experts in your inbox, you're the first to hear about all of our happenings at events, plus access special discounts and prices. Thanks for listening.